Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadriel Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator, Trevor. You can find me on the 17th Shard Forums as Fifth of Daybreak, and with me we have only two of the Lost Legends this time. Hi, I'm John. I go by Clover My Online, and I play Tony Darkness. Hi, I'm Kelly, and I play Merida. Merida and Tony. You two have just finished up with the rest of the Lost Legends. Tajmil and Lord Falcombe have both left the Darkomancy residence, and you two are left by yourself to your own devices, with a little bit of spare time before you're going to meet back up again to figure out the rest of the heist uh, against the Lord Mistborn. And then to add to that, Tony has been reading on like whatever equivalent of a couch would be with Merida to... Uh... Well, because he started imitating her with her notebook, so he's been reading the words of Fountain. Merida, what's this gunpowder thing that, uh, what's the guy's name? The one who wrote the religion book. What's he talking about? Merida just kind of eyes, like, turns and looks at you, and she's like, what's the context? From from the the religion book. It's the, the words of funding? Funny? What's it called? Founding. Yeah, that's it! From the words of Founding, the god guy, the god person. Uh, Harmony, that's his name, right? He says something about gunpowder and how it makes even regular people better than archers. How does that work? Alright, I kind of have this image of my head in my head now that, like, Tony was looking through the books trying to find one that he thought would help with his current situation, and he sees words of funding... And he looks down at a paper that says ways to make money. And he looks back up at words of funding and he picks it out and he starts reading it. <laughs> oh, perfect. I love it. Uh, I, I'm definitely rolling. <laughs> the words of funding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do I know what gunpowder is? Uh, other than if you'd be familiar with it yeah, as it was spoken in there, I don't think you would. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's been invented yet. That's that's part of why I'm like, oh, this sounds exciting. Or reinvented yet. Oh, that too. Alright, what was the last thing you said? I I was asking you what is what is this gunpowder thing? Okay. So she she just kinda like stares at you for a moment and then holds her hand up for the book. Oh oh here, here, take it. She like looks at it and like holds it up above her head, like glaring at it. See, right, right here, right here, it says that it'll, it, even the most common of people, like us, can be as good or better than archers. So we could fight awesome. She, like, makes a few, hmm, noises and takes out her notebook and starts writing a few notes. Oh, oh, that means it's important, right? I always see you write stuff down when things are important. You could say that, I guess. This gunpowder... Okay, I'll say it. This gunpowder thing certainly is interesting. We should look into it more. Right? I, w I was trying to think after our fight, because, you know, I don't want to get beaten almost to death every time we the fight, uh, how I can, I can do things better. And one of the things I was thinking, it'd be great if I could have some kind of, like, like with my magic shows, we've got the limelights. But I can't carry those everywhere. There's something I could use for, like, a really good distraction and just, like, catch someone's 
attention. Uh, and then I see this gunpowder stuff. I don't know what it is, but we should, we should find someone smart. Like, you're the smartest person I know, so who do we know that's smarter that we could go to who would know about this kind of stuff? Well. Let's do a pride check on that to see if Merit is offended. Like, you, there's nobody smarter than me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you want me to roll for it? No, no. Yeah. I, I mean, you could. I kind of do a decision. willpower roll. Okay, do a willpower roll. Um, let's make it a reputation roll. Oh, wow, that's eight. <laughs> Four. Eight. You're not really ever supposed to roll with your resilience stats, but let's, uh, let's make it a difficulty, it. uh, three to not be offended. Could do spirit, I guess. Well, I got two threes, two twos, and two nudges. Okay, so, uh, completely your choice. I think she's just gonna kind of look at him with a raised eyebrow and just scoff. Like, <sighs> okay. Oh, are you feeling sick? I can I can get you some lemon tea. Wittens, Wittens, do you, can you get us some lemon tea? I can bring the tea, sir, but there are no lemons on our budget. Oh, no. No lemons. She's gonna, like, put her hand on her forehead. And just, like, rub her eyes, and she's like, Tony, please don't. Oh, what? Love lemons? Wittens, you don't have to get the tea. Thank you, but no. And Wittens already has, like, a teapot in his hand that, like, you, he's, like he stops, and a little bit of water sloshes out the tip, and he says, Are you sure? There's always time for tea. I'll Maybe take Tony tea. would like some. Excellent! And he keeps going into the kitchen. <laughs> that Tony and I said at the same time, like, oh, yes, Tony would. Uh, Tony goes and, and grabs Fluffles so he can pet Fluffles while he drinks his tea. Starts rioting affection. Meta's just gonna look at the book a little longer and's like, well, the person who is at least close to as smart I am, I can think of, is Snee. Maybe some other informants, but he's the one on the top of the list. Oh, I love Snee. He's fun times. Maybe maybe we can make some money and let him throw vegetables at me. Pretty sure he'd like that. Yeah, he probably would. Let's do it. It sounds like fun. I'll bring, I'll bring fluffles this time. Uh, Merida, give me a wits roll. Okay. Uh, difficulty one. Uh, two ones and two threes. Okay. Uh, as you're as you talk about the vegetables. Um, you just have this thought pop into your mind about Bornum, the metallurgist that you guys saved. Oh, yeah. What about that guy we saved? Uh, Bornum was his name? Why don't we go check out him? He's also, like, high in hermallergy. Oh, yeah, he he's a, a metal guy, right? Invents stuff? He invents stuff, yeah! He can figure out what this gunpowder is and invent it, and maybe he can also invent me... Something to do distractions. I'm not... This is why you're the smart one, Mary. Yes, though I'm not sure I trust you with any kind of thing that makes archers better. Well, I mean, you could supervise. <laughs> you're going to have one too, right? Sure. Of course. All right, let me let me get Fluffles' leash as an aside. Can I have a leash for Fluffles? Uh, you can have a leash for Fluffles. That's fine. Awesome. Fluffles-related gear will all fall, fall under the Fluffles prop. Awesome. 
I figure since he's grown a bit, Tony would not want to carry him on his head all the time anymore. I think Meredith's just gonna laugh and just stare at you like, when did you get a leash? Witten's made it for me. I think the real trick with a leash is getting Fluffles to move at a reasonable pace and in the direction you want him to go. <laughs> well, he's got eight legs. <laughs> None of them work. <laughs> Why wouldn't they work? Uh, he just kind of like rolls along the ground is how I imagine it. No, no, I mean, I I just, the original sketch didn't sketch him off. I wanted him to have like functioning spider legs, basically. Spider legs. Alright, so yeah, after after finishing up the tea... And uh, putting the book under under his arm, and Tony gets the leash on Fluffles and all ready to go. Uh, as soon as you have everything on, that's when Wittens comes out from the kitchen and says, "The tea is ready, sir." Oh no, I meant that I I, I was waiting for the tea and and oh, got okay. ready after drinking it. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. So yeah, you yeah, you yeah, have Tony tea. did not forget about the tea. Uh, Wittens will clean up after it, help you get ready, and then he will open the door for you. Oh wait, you know what? Can I undo that? Actually, we're—I—I want to do the same thing we did before. Tony is going for travel tea. <laughs> okay, he's going to meet you at the door with his uh, tree service tray. Yeah, exactly. So Tony is going to be like trying to keep the the words of founding crooked under his left arm pit while he's holding Fluffles' leash with that arm and the the tray service on his right arm. And then he's going to try and drink his tea by, like, grabbing it with his mouth as we go along. <laughs> okay. Mana's just going to glare at you and grab the book and put it under her arm. Oh, thanks, Merida. That's really helpful. Remember, sir, do not break the teacup. Yes, Wittens. I'll be very careful. And he does a salute and, like, just narrowly misses knocking over the teacup as he says this. Merida follows after him and gives Wittens, like, a meaningful look, like, I got this idiot. Wittens gives you a very, very, very grateful nod. <laughs> you know, Merida, this has given me an idea. Wouldn't it be great if we had someone who could travel with us and carry books for us? Then we could carry all kinds of research and become... Oh, I could become smarter as we go. We wouldn't have to wait for me to come back to the place. Aren't I the you book person? Are you trying to replace me? No, I've been learning from you. Yes, so why do you want someone else? Wait, do you want to carry my books for me? I figured you're too important for that. She gestures to the book in her arm and just kind of looks at him. Yeah, one book, but if you want to carry 20. Why do you want to carry 20 books? Because I have a lot of learning to catch up to. You're so smart, and uh, if I want to come, then, I don't know, an om... What, what was that fraction thing you told me again? Fraction thing? Yeah, there was something math. Anyway, if I want to become not even almost as smart as you, I've got to do a lot of reading. How many books do you think you can read while we're on a journey or fighting? That's a good question. And I know the best way to find out. Why is someone to carry 20 books for me, and then I can read them as we go? And then, then he takes a sip of the tea. 
She just shakes her head and starts walking faster. Oh, wait up, wait up. And then Ventoni picks up the pace, too. We'll, uh, we'll say that when Bornum uh, left the safety of the Lord Mistborn's manor, he sent a note over to the Darkomancy residence detailing his new address or maybe the address of his shop. Um, yeah, we'll say that he has a uh, small metal shop uh, on one of the busier corners, uh, not in the same octant as the... Uh, or no, let's just put them all close together. That there's this one busy street that's really been commercialized and developed. There's a whole bunch of stores there, and you actually pass the better alloy jewelry shop on the way until you come to a shop that is called Metal Born Homes. All right, so Tony knocks on the door with his head. <laughs> it's just gonna like pull him back and just give him the "Are you stupid?" look, and then just pauses and then. Shake their head like, yes, you are stupid. Never mind. I feel like Merida like just kind of points towards the sign that says open, come on in. <laughs> that too. They've got like one of those rotating signs that they can just flip over at the end of the night that'll say closed, but right now it says open. Oh, okay. That makes things much easier. She's like going to grab his arm and pull him into the store, making sure he doesn't hit anything. Tony carefully balances the, the teacup. Do we do we want to do a roll here? Yeah, for I'm gonna want a physique roll for this. All right, what is? And you can add one more for your uh, stage magician because that makes you better at handling things. All right, rolling. All right, I got a pair of ones. That's where the difficulty was. So the, the teacup wobbles and it kind of tips over onto its side on the saucer and it rolls all the way around the rim of it before coming to a rest without falling. Awesome. Is there, do I still have tea left or is it spill all over the place? Uh, if you had tea left, it is all spilled. Oh, my tea. And Tony, like, licks the saucer to get, like, at least the last drop off of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why do I trust you with anything? This is why mom makes money off of him by throwing vegetables. <laughs> That's true. So Merida's gonna, like, walk into the store in the middle and look around to try to find Burnham. Bornham. B-O-R-N-H-A-M. Bornham. another Wheel of Time reference. I think it's just gonna be a Bornham. trait that Merida can remember a lot of stuff, but not people's names. <laughs> but uh, even with her hearing and visual memory, she can't figure out who uh, Snee and Vent uh, are. Yep. She can recognize them. She just doesn't remember who's who. Yes. When they're not present. Yep. Okay, you guys walk in, and uh, it's kind of a smaller shop. You notice that the storefront part takes up significantly less space than what would be through the rest of the building. You have to assume that's where he's doing a lot of his uh, a lot of his actual metal work, um, where he's mixing up the different alloys and everything, um, since there's not as many... Like, the shops to the side of him obviously aren't right next door. He's probably taking up at least two other storefront units as compared to other buildings. But as you walk in, you uh, at the front counter, there stands a uh, young, pretty-looking woman with dark hair and a nice smile on her face, and she says... Oh, hello. What can I do for you today? Hi, we're... We're looking for the guy we saved. I got you. Oh, I should have known by the top hat. You must be Mr. Darkomancy. 
Tony bows. She's going to come out and she's going to take some things off of your hands and put them on the counter so that way she can shake your hand and she shakes Meredith's hand. You're the one who saved old Falster. I just, I don't know what we would have done if he had just disappeared on us. You're welcome. Meredith gives a slight nod. Tony's just beaming and very happy. Please make yourself at home. I'm uh, I'm his young wife, Rose. You can you can call me Rose if you like, or Miss Bornham. Either way, uh, can I get you anything to drink? It seems that you've run out of your tea. There, she says, as like another drip falls onto the floor. Oh yeah, I would I would find another cup. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Bornham. And she, uh, I'll go get uh, Fauster in just a moment after I put the tea on. You know, we'll get the get the things that'll take longer running first, and then he'll be out in just a moment. Tony, Tony thanks her and then sits down patiently. Mira's just gonna walk around the shop looking at stuff. And it's really not, um, not much to look at. It's what you'd expect to see from somebody who makes uh, most of their living by just selling the metals that uh, would be burned by alamancers. Um, obviously they've got little bags that have varying amounts of, uh, metal in it for different prices. You know, you can get the bulk jar that has a month's worth of metal that you can refill your own bags with, or it's just got little single serve packets that you'd be able to come in and buy, um, in, you know, little other pouches and from varying, uh, even already suspended for you, you know, they've, they've running the gambit trying to get as much, uh, value out of selling them in the various ways that people might want to store and consume their metals as much as making sure that they're just selling the metals in general. They're trying to be a, an all-inclusive shop. Like, this is where you can go to get what you need, no matter what it is you need. Uh, not much time passes before uh, Fauster appears at the door. Oh, hey guys, it's been a little while since I've seen you. How's everything going? Hey, it's awesome to see you, and Tony gets up and gives him a hug. Oh, wow, I didn't realize you were so, uh, touchy. You were a little down in the dumps last time I saw you. Oh, that's because I lost Fluffles, but now I've got him back, and, and, uh, see, and points to Fluffles. Uh, give me a riding roll. Fours. Um, he kind of puts a little smile on his face. He looks just a little bit uneasy, but he doesn't visibly recoil or anything. Uh, yeah, I, I can see it, and see it is plenty. I gotta tell you, I don't want to do anything other than see that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. Puzzles doesn't bite. Tony picks him up and starts patting him. So, uh, what brings you to my side of the town here? You, you need some medals? Oh, oh, we, we want you to invent something. Show him, Merida. Show him, show him the passage. She, like, boredly opens the book to the passage and puts it up to his face and points at it. <laughs> he takes a step back and adjusts his spectacles, then leans in just a little bit so he gets the distance between the the paper and himself right. And um, he uh, kind of starts he, he starts reading where you point out, let's see, armed with gunpowder. Oh, okay, yeah, the, the words of founding mystery. I remember this thing. Um, I was actually doing some work on this before they uh, kidnapped me and tried to recruit me for the other town. What? Really? Well, I mean... With most of the metals already figured out, we uh, we we don't really have a breakthrough other than this whole gunpowder thing. If they were able to do it before even the Lord Ruler took his uh his spot on the throne, then uh, it's probably something that we'd be able to get done with the with the discoveries we have right now. That's awesome, Merida. Did you hear that? 
We're going to be able to fight like archers. Still don't trust you. Okay, there, there's one more thing, too, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, so when I when I do my stage magic, we've got limelights to, like, really impress people so I can, you know, use my rioting to wow and ooh them even more. But when when we're going on adventures, like when we come rescue you, I don't have something like that that I can use to really catch their attention and distract them, you know, because I'm not good at fighting. So in, until we can figure out this gunpowder thing, I'd like something kind of small and mobile I can carry around that could, you know, maybe something bright, like the limelight, to just catch people's attention. You think you could come up with something like that? Well, uh, I've actually got something that uh, goes hand in hand with that gunpowder stuff. See, I don't know how to make that into a weapon with what I've been able to figure out, but making a big, loud flash and a distraction is about all i figured out how to do with the stuff yet. Oh, that's perfect! How does it work? Well, I could go into the, you know, the nitty-gritty chemistry and uh, metallurgy and all that and bore you to tears, but first the narrator would have had to have done more research on this. So let me just demonstrate it instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he's going to go to the back for just a minute and he's going to come back out and he's going to have a uh, little pile of powder in what looks like a tiny little glass Petri dish. And um, he's going to put it on the table and take out uh, flint and steel. All right, now, uh, if either of you guys are tin eyes, you probably shouldn't be uh, sh shouldn't be burning your metals right now, because this will not be fun for you. Yeah, Meryl raises her hands and just shakes her head. And he's going to scrape a couple uh, of times onto the flint and steel, trying to get the sparks in there. And then as soon as he gets a nice good shower of sparks that lands in there, it uh, just erupts with a pop and a flash. And then there's just left with the um, stinging odor of uh, sulfur in the air. Whoa! And Tony starts clapping. That's perfect! Not as dangerous as I thought. Yeah, I'm still trying to work on uh, what they said it would be for the metals. Or, I mean, for the weapons, because I don't know, I don't know how to get from here to making archers less effective, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could find a way to make this work on the go with a little more, uh, time, you know, and especially with a little bit of an investment. And he kind of raises his eyebrows and leans a little closer to Tony as he wiggles them. Oh, absolutely. How much do you need? Well, uh, let's, uh, sit down and see if we can't work something out. And go ahead and give me a resources roll. Um, I'm going to make the difficulty fairly low, but if you succeed, it is going to eat both of your negative resources. Um, do I still have nine? Uh, you'll have nine because you've got two permanently spent and then a negative two from what you've earned. Although reviewing the rules, I don't think I'm technically allowed to put you above eight, but whatever. Yeah, I got uh, fives and three nudges. Well, that's... Very generous indeed. I, I think that with uh with this kind of investment, um, uh, I think that if you give me a week, I might be able to put something together for you, and then uh, a little longer after that, a little bit more time, and we can really get things rolling. Especially if you give me feedback on uh, how it's working out for you. Awesome! That sounds great. Did you hear that, Merida? We've got a distraction making thing. So Merida's listening to him talk and, like, 
not quite noticeable, but there's a, like a widening of her eyes where she just looks like she had a great idea. And Tony is completely oblivious because he's all enraptured in the explosion powder. Can you do it again? That was awesome. Well, uh, why don't you give me some time to work with it a little more? I don't want to burn through everything I've been able to make so far. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Ah, what the hell? You only live once. And he runs to the back and grabs some more. Hooray! And he'll bring it out and he'll uh, put it on the counter and he'll pass the flint and steel over to you. Oh, okay. Let's let's do a physique roll on this. I'm going to see if he watches. Oh, yeah. I got no pairs. Okay, so you are uh, trying to get the sparks to go, but not having ever really worked with flint and steel before this, considering you've had servants to light your fires and everything for you, um, you're really, really bad at it. And so you start getting a little more aggressive each and every time, and then finally the flint like bounces off of the steel as you're going to make a more wild scrape, and uh, you hit the petri dish and the powder kind of flies in the air and then settles back down and not in a pile anymore. Oh no! Yeah, let me uh, let me work with this a little while, and I'll uh, see if I can't make this a little more user friendly. <laughs> Probably should have had Mayor to do it. Mayor is just laughing hysterically. Uh, Tony just brushes the gunpowder off of waffles. <laughs> well, uh, now that I've kind of got a little more reason to get to that project, is there uh, anything else I can help you with while you're here? Oh, uh, I want to hire. Someone to carry books. This again? Yeah. I'm trying to become smarter, so I need to read. But if we're going to be off adventuring, then it's hard to carry books with me so I can become smarter. So I figure I'll hire someone to carry them for. Well, uh, I don't think that's something I can help you with. Maybe uh, maybe if you've found somebody who might have connections to hiring servants or something like that, they could give you a list of references. Oh, we could we could talk to Whitney's. Why didn't I think of that? But yeah, that's that's about it for, for what I have. Unless, unless you have suggestions on someone who who's good at hiring people. No, I'd I'd kind of keep keep this shop running in the family and uh, do most of the work myself with my wife Rose here. All right. Well, then it's great seeing you, Mister Warnham, and uh, I guess we'll be on our way. Yeah. If uh, you, if you don't hear from me before then. Go ahead and come back out in about a week, and I'll show you what I've got got done for you. Will do. Okay, you guys leave the shop. Is there any role-playing that you wanted to do on your way back? I think Meredith's uh, going to give Tony the silent treatment for bringing up the book thing again. And Tony, Tony looks crestfallen. I think what I'd do is, on the way back, you said we passed the jewelry shop? I think Tony would see the jewelry shop and think, oh, he's a business guy. He must hire people. We should talk to him. And Merida, if uh, if I'm kind of reading the way that you're handling the situation right, I think it would work out well with what we've already got recorded for you, where if you kind of get fed up with this whole thing, like you've humored him long enough, you've got to go do productive things if you split off from here. Sure, that works. Is that okay with you, John? Yep, for sure. Does she give me the book back or is she taking it with her? I think she would, Meredith's going to give the silent treatment, just kind of like stare at you, huff, start walking away, look down at the book, and just kind of like juggle with herself back and forth if she wants to keep it or not, and then just walks back towards him and like holds the book out like she's going to give it to him, waits for him to hold his hands out and then drop it on the ground and walk away. 
Cold, but that was a nice look. Cold. Stone cold. Tony picks it up and dusts it off. Why Why are you so angry, Merida? She's gone. She walked away. Tony shrugs and then shoves a book under his arm and then walks into the shop. Alright, one last thing uh, before we let Kelly go. Is Merida burning tin? I'd say she wouldn't since she's fed up with Tony and just kind of like not thinking about anything. Okay, both of you give me a regular wits roll then. I got nothing. I got ones. Uh, Tony, as you're kind of like yelling towards Merida in the back and you're like, why are you, this is what, what, this is a nice book. What are you be? Why are you angry? Um, you see, you just happen to glance to the right and look down an alleyway right by the jewelry shop and you see the back of Lord Falcombe as he rounds the corner. Oh, it's Falcombe. Hey, Falcombe. And then Tony runs up to him. Um, will give, give me a spirit roll. I've got nothing. Just one nudge. Okay, when you make it to the edge of the alley, um, where he had just turned the corner and then look around, um, there isn't really that many crowds for him to have disappeared into, but even so, you can't see him or you can't tell which shop that he's been into, if he was going into a shop. And Tony holds Fluffles up over the crowd. Fluffles, tell me which way he went. Fluffles says nothing. <laughs> oh, dear. I was hoping this give me a twitch or anything. Come on, Fluffles. That's fine. Tony just sets him down and, and then uh, gives him a good pat on the head and starts walking back to the jewelry shop. I guess I'll have to start training you to do some tricks or something. And then walks in. Okay, so you walk into a better alloy jewelry shop. And uh, the same guy that was there before is standing there behind the counter. And as soon as he sees you, he kind of jumps and backs away a little bit, one hand on the door behind him. Jane, it's good to see you. And Tony walks up to him with his arms out for a hug. Um, please, please, sir, stay behind the merchandise and behind the counter. No one is allowed back here except employees. And he looks a little wild-eyed oh, okay. and glances back and forth. Did, did I introduce you to Fluffles last time, by the way? And Tony holds Fluffles up to him and starts rioting his action. <laughs> Give me a uh, rioting roll, but the difficulty is going to be way high up because he's not feeling any affection at the moment. I got fours and a nudge. Fours will do it. He, uh, he, his wild-eyed look just kind of calms down a little bit and he focuses on Fluffles and the dopamine hits his brain and his eyes dilate and he's just like, no, who is this little guy? He's such a good boy, isn't he? And Tony pets him. He's my pet. My Miss Rabbit. Ooh, who's a good Miss Rabbit? And he's going to pet him on the back. He's gotten big, though, so I don't know if we can really call him a rabbit anymore. But, I mean, the pelt still fits. But anyway. As an aside, uh, I just got to the part in Bands of Mourning where they're talking to the other Chandra. Um... Oh, I forget his name. But the really, really stuffy one that has Breeze's hands. Yeah. And Wayne starts asking him if he could become a bunny rabbit. 
I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I completely forgot that detail, but he's just like, really small animals. You you have to have a certain mass, and then Wayne just starts chanting, Bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit. <laughs> oh, man, it's great. I loved it. That's awesome. Okay, that gives me ideas for later. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so anyway, I, I'm wondering, you're, you run a store, you're good at hiring people, right? Um, I don't run the store. I just, well, I mean, I keep it open for the owners, but they're the ones who hired me. Oh, you don't hire people? If we're being honest, I don't think they did the greatest job in hiring me either. I mean, all things considered. Oh. What what are the other things you consider? (laughs) He's going to blink three times and then kind of cock his head and look at you. I go, really? Yeah. Anyway, I want to hire someone to carry books for me so I can read while we're out adventuring. Do you have any advice? Well, um, how much are you paying? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought of that. Mare does not hear either. She's the one I normally talk to about smart decisions. I'll have to find a book about that. Maybe that'll be the first thing I have them do, is find me a book and figure out how much I should pay. Do you have any ideas of what kind of person you might want to hire? Uh, I'm not yet. I'm, I'm, I know I want someone who's going to carry the books for me so I can research. I don't know. I guess maybe someone who's, who's good with books, who knows books. Are there any other jobs that you'd want this person to do? Or are they just oh, holding the books for you? That's a good question. You know, it would be awesome. If someone could write books about us, too. Okay, so someone carries the books and also writes a book about our adventures. You're, I'm so glad I came here. You're so smart. You know, I'm just thinking out loud here. But if you're looking for somebody to write your adventures, it makes sense to me, at least, that you'd want somebody you already know and who might already know a little bit about your adventures. Hey, yeah, that makes sense. So the first job that you'd want them to do would be to figure out how much to pay them, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just going out on a limb here, but I happen to know a little bit about your adventures, having lived through some of them. And that's right. I kind of enjoy carrying books. I do have two arms. Oh, but, but, but you need a, a bag or something. To do. I, I want to carry like 20 or 30 books. So, you know, I want to have a good number, like a, a library. Can you do that? You know, I think that if you paid me enough, I definitely could buy a backpack. Hey, we're on the right track. Okay. And then uh, how's your writing? Uh, he is going to write down, this is how well I write. And let me... Dr- do a physique for him. Um, four dice. Uh, it looks really decent, actually. Oh, wow. That's good. Okay. Um, write something about our, our first time meeting. Just, you know, like the maybe uh, a page or something. Okay. Uh, let me make this a wits challenge for him. 
<laughs> oh shit! He got three. He got two fives. Um, he, hey, uh, he spends a couple of minutes bending over in writing, and then what he hands to you is basically a one-page long description of Tony Darkomancy and how strikingly good he looks in his tuxedo, and <laughs> how so cool and not at all lame, and just is the perfect choice for the outfit the cape is. Wow, this is amazing! I love it. You're hired. He like shakes in his hands with both hands. All right, and then let's do uh, one ch- one of his charm versus one of your wits to see if uh, he's gonna swindle you out of this, uh, out of more money than he's worth. All right, I got ones. <laughs> he got a pair of fours. So uh, let's change your resources spent to a permanent of four. All right. Because he, uh, working in the jewelry sector, he he has a pretty good idea for uh, what kind of what what a mark looks like and just exactly how to pump them for everything they're worth. And you just fell right into his hands. Nice. <laughs> uh, this is not okay, at but... all how I saw this going. I love it so much more. <laughs> but Jane, don't you already have a job? Aren't you going to get in trouble if you adventure with us instead of doing the shop? You know, with recent events, I was thinking a change of scenery might be for the best anyway. Oh, so so you want to be an adventurer too? That's awesome, and Tony, like, claps him on the back. Yes, yes, and I'm sure that being with the group that was able to, uh, to rescue a bead of Atium will only increase the likelihood that I'm never caught. So this works out great for everybody. Sounds like perfect logic to me. Okay, let me let me give you the address to my to my house, and then you can come start. Uh, let's say tomorrow. Come tomorrow. Get the backpack tonight. Um, get so I've got the words of founding. If you could find me some a uh, couple other books about uh, you know harmony or whatever, and then maybe some books about running a business and adventuring, and then. Surprise me with something else that will make me smart, like Meridoc. And uh, we'll have you start tomorrow. And then bring, you know, bring enough paper and, and writing stuff so you can, I don't know if you want to you know, write as we go or if you want to wait till the end of the day or take notes. But uh, get ready to, to chronicle our adventures. You know... That's a, a, a couple number of books that you, you've told me that I need to get on top of the backpack and this writing supplies. And, you know, that's just a lot of money for a guy who uh, just today lost his full-time job. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't know you lost your job. That's horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, I was working for this jewelry shop that they got robbed recently, and it really hasn't working out. And I'm, I've got this really great opportunity coming up, but it's got a lot of overhead that... Uh, I just, you know, if you could give me a little more money to get that spotted, I, I, it'd be great for me and my new employer. Well, I don't know what overhead or employer means, but sure. So, so are we doing another roll or just uh, taking another resource um, spent? Just take another resource spent, but this one won't be a permanent spent. All right. So permanent spent four, but I'm at a, a spent five now. Yep. All right. So gives him the money. 
Okay, and um, he he just want, finally asks if you want him to carry the uh, words of founding around for right now, and bring it back tomorrow, or if you're taking that back to the house with you. Uh, I'll I'll take that back to the house with me. I've got a few other books back there that I that I already have, and uh, I want to kind of read them together. Of course, of course, you're the boss now, boss. Sounds great, Jane. I'm glad I stopped in. I'm excited. This is going to be a very good opportunity for both of us. He's got a big, giant smile on his face, and he says, You know, I'm glad you stopped in, too. This is much nicer than the last time you were here. Awesome. We're friends now. And then Tony gives him a hug before he leaves. And he will absolutely hug you back. (laughs) Alright, so then uh, heading back to the manor. Okay, um, as you head out, you don't see any sign of Lord Falcombe or Merida. Um, you get back to the manor, and your teacup's still intact. Merida did not go back to the manor, so when you come back, the house is empty except for Wittens. Hello, Wittens. Guess what? I am a boss now. Uh, Wittens looks very concerned. A, a boss, sir? That's right. We had the idea to hire someone to carry books, and... And uh, I talked to the jewelry guy who helped us find the stolen ATM necklace. And he's going to carry my books for me, and he's going to chronicle our adventures. Uh, Sir, would this be the same gentleman who helped it get stolen in the first place? Yeah, that's him. You've got such a good memory, Mittens. Oh, dear. Master Tony, I know we've never had cause to have this conversation in the past, but I really do wish you would let me handle the hiring of new staff for the apartment. Oh, that's right. I was going to come talk to you first, but then I saw the store. How do you you think this was a bad idea? Uh, Oh, well, Tony, uh, uh, Master Alphonse, of course I am always proud of you for taking things into your own hands. I just... I worry that people might not have the best intentions where you and your money lie. I did give him a lot of money. (laughs) Wittens looks even more concerned. Uh, Might I ask how much you agreed to pay him? And Tony just explains. And you gave him that much to buy the books on top of everything else? Oh, Master Tony, oh no. Well, I could... I could always go see if Snee wants to throw vegetables at me again and it's going on that way. Well, I'm, I believe that your budget will be able to hold this for now, but Master Tony, this is most irregular. Most irregular indeed. This rapscallion has convinced you to pay for his entire life. You think he'll do a good job, though? W- were you able to at least get a sample of his work? Oh, yeah! And then Tony hands over the paper. Okay, as Wittens uh, reads through, his eyes, like, first his brow furrows. And then his eyes go a little wide. And then, like, a look of, like, realization washes down his face. And his eyes narrow very, very, very much until they're just the most dangerous slits. And he nods and he hands it back to you. I can certainly understand how this would impress you, Master Tony. 
Yes, thank you, Witten. See, he's a good writer, isn't he? He will uh, definitely be representing your best image in whatever it is that he writes. I would like to have a conversation with the man when he arrives, though. We need to have a very oh, long talk about the Darkomancies and, how shall I phrase this, the uh, powers that be behind them. And he has a little small wicked smile on his face when he says that. Oh, absolutely, you're right. I forgot you're in charge of the house anyway, so obviously I can't really hire him until you get approval. But he should be here tomorrow, so you'll have your chance to hear from him. Believe me, Master Tony, when I say that I will have him straightened out and a model employee, or we will find some other use for him. Perfect. Wittens, you're such a great master of the house. Master Tony, it is refreshing to be back with you and taking care of someone who is just so optimistic about the world. Tony goes to give Wittens a hug, too. And Wittens will give you a deep and affectionate hug. There has never been any uh, any animus between you two. You've always had a very good relationship. And if you wouldn't mind, Wittens, I'll take another cup of tea. And then Tony just sits to, to his books with fluffles on his lap and then starts reading again. Of course, sir. It will be hoped in just a minute. And he goes and he prepares you a tea. Um, it's not very long before he sets the cup in front of you with a pot on the tea service tray, not too far from the table. And he comes back from time to time and refreshes your cup. You find yourself getting lost in the book for a couple of hours. Um, you hear the door open as it gets late towards the end of the night. Um, it's grown dark outside and you just kind of peek up and you see Merida walking back in towards where her room is. Um, don't even say anything to her. She kind of doesn't acknowledge you either. Don't know if it's still the silent treatment or what, but you're a little too focused in your books and your reading and your, your dedication to becoming smarter to notice until about an hour later when you hear uh, a violent knocking on the door that sounds like somebody's kicking at it. And when Wittens opens the door, he says, oh, dear, bring him inside, bring him inside. And Lord Falcombe walks into the home carrying Tajmil and Tajmil looks just beat to hell. There's dried blood all over his clothes. His face is a swollen mass of bruises. He is uh, deeply unconscious and hanging limp in Lord Falcombe's uh, arms and doesn't even rouse when Lord Falcombe puts him down on the bed or puts him down on the couch in the main sitting room. And uh, uh, Wittens comes over with a first aid kit and starts to tend to some of his uh, more obvious injuries. And I think that is where we are going to end tonight's episode. Thanks for listening. Yep, thank everybody. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will have more of these solo episodes for the uh, next couple of weeks until we get back to the full group. But until then, I hope you kind of enjoy each of the characters exploring the world in their own way and kind of getting their own stories out there and learning just a little bit more about everybody. So uh, thank you very much. If you've enjoyed it, please tell your friends. We don't advertise the show in any way. So the only way that we can grow bigger is if you decide that you like us enough to tell somebody else, and then if they decide they like us enough to tell somebody else. 
no, we obviously we care a lot about the show and we're having a lot of fun doing it. But we also want to spread that to as many people, um, you know, especially Sanderson fans as possible who might like the show as well. So if you've enjoyed us so far, tell a friend, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Shoot us a, a tweet on Twitter. Uh, comment on our Instagram or Facebook. We, we love hearing from everybody, and we just really hope that you've enjoyed this as much as we have. But until then, we will catch you next time. See you in two weeks. And don't forget to pet your local mist rat. Bye. Bye. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LLOS Podcast, or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Also, I like the detail with Falcone. It adds, like, nice nice contrast. Yeah, but yeah, before I, I said that, I should have realized that the first thing Tony was going to do was try and chase yeah. after him. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's like, friend! We, we had a similar moment yesterday when Merida comes back to the Dargomancy residence, and I'm like, oh, and Tony's sitting there absorbed in his books, but he doesn't look up and see you because I don't want to play for him. <laughs>